Welcome to Calvary Live. We are so glad you could join us through our podcast. Here at Calvary, we want you to live life at the highest level through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope today's message will be an encouragement. All right, church family, I want you to turn in your Bibles with me to Romans chapter 8. Romans the 8th chapter. How many have a Bible or a device with a Bible on it? Just say amen. 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 It's good. Romans chapter 8. I want to continue my series today, the Fresh Fire series. Fresh Fire. How many are thankful that Jesus Christ, who is the Savior, who is our baptizer in the Holy Spirit, who is our healer, and who's coming again, that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. How many can say amen to that? I'm so thankful. We don't need a new Jesus. We have the real Jesus. Amen? We don't have to build a 2021 version of the church. We have the same church that was launched on the day of Pentecost with the same God, the same Savior, the same Holy Spirit, and God is for us today. Amen? We're thankful to be a part of that. In my, in my message today, I want to share this thought with you. You've been looking at fresh fire. Fresh fire means that the same Holy Spirit that was poured out on the day of Pentecost is available for us today. The same Holy Spirit that launched uh, the church is available to us today. And we can have fresh fire. How many can say amen to that? Fresh fire. We don't need uh, something that happened 10 years ago or 5 years ago or 30 years ago or 2 years ago. We need a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit in our lives and in the church. And God is more than willing and more than able. My, my, my message today, my subtitle today is the spirit of life. The spirit of life. If I could give a title of the Holy Spirit. If I could tell you why do we continue to pray. God, put fresh fire in my life. Because the Holy Spirit, one of his titles is the spirit of life. I'm thankful for life. Amen? So let's look at Romans chapter 8 and verse 1. Now, here's the context. We're going we're gonna to jump over back to some where, where I've been teaching. But I want you to get this concept, the spirit of life. So encouraging. It's such a blessing that we serve God in this dispensation. So Paul in Romans 7 had been saying, you know what, man, I, I'm an apostle. <laughs> I'm, I'm saved. I'm an apostle. I'm called of God. But he said, there's this fight inside of me. He says, the things I don't want to do, I find myself doing those things sometimes. And he says, the things I really want to do, I just can't do it. Now, let's take an honesty checkup this morning. How many ready for an honesty checkup? How many of you could relate to what I just quoted from Paul the Apostle? Come on, let me see your hand. Come on, tell the truth. Tell the truth. Paul said... There are certain things I really want to do because I love the Lord. My head's there. My heart's there. But sometimes my actions aren't there. Everybody with me? He said, I don't want to do it. I do it anyway. How many of you ever made some New Year's resolutions and by February 1, it was down to 2? Don't raise your hand. How many ever stood at the altar and made God some promises and by Tuesday, you forgot it? Don't raise your hand. I'll get discouraged. Okay. So we understand that dynamic, don't we? And Paul said, here's the reason. He said, because in my heart, and my spirit, I, I love God. I want to please Him. But I'm living this life still inside this fallen human body nature. So they're working. And he says, I have the law, you know, the Old Testament law, and I have my own willpower. Are you with me? But it's not enough. He says, I want to do the right thing, but I can't get there. I I have it in my head. I know what the Word says, 
But even with the law and my will, I can't make it happen. He, he even says, who's going to rescue me? Now, let's go to Romans 8, 1. How many are thankful there's an answer to that? Come on, hallelujah. Because this isn't the church of the excuse. If you want to go somewhere where somebody just preaches to Romans 7 and stops, this is not the place. We're not going to all gather together and have a sinner's self-help group. You're quiet on me this morning. We're, 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 we're not going to have a, a group and, and we're going to get through on Sunday morning. You're going to walk up, stand up, say, uh, <clears throat> uh, hello, my name's George. I'm a reprobate. <clears throat> hello, my, George, my name is George and, and I, I'm a heathen. I hope somebody didn't cut in the middle of this right here. and get, <laughs> Be a bad time to go live streaming just when I said that. I'm in the middle of something. Back up if you didn't get that. Uh, <clears throat> My name is George, and uh, I'm a practicing sinner. I just want you to know that. We're not going to stop at Romans 7. We're not going to stop there because there's more to the power of God than Romans chapter 7. Paul said, I got a problem, but my God has an answer. I'm not going to be that man for the rest of my life and say, I want it, but I can't do it. I got it up here, but I just can't make it happen. See, a lot of people, that's where it stops in church. You know why? Because they've never encountered fresh fire in their life. They don't know the power of the Holy Spirit. They don't understand that Christianity is not just a list of ritual and rules and religion. It is a powerful personal encounter with the living God who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all I could ever ask or imagine. So Paul says, I'm wrestling. And then he goes to Romans 8.1. He says, but therefore, come on, see this. You got to get this. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You know what that says? If I'm in Christ Jesus, if you're in Christ Jesus, not in church, but in Jesus. If you're not in religion, but in Jesus, I have some good news for you. There is no condemnation even while you're in the battle. Come on, somebody say amen to that. He said, I'm in a struggle, but I'm not condemned. I'm not who I was. I'm not who I'm going to be, but I'm with God in the process. I'm not condemned. Come on, can somebody say amen to that? I'm not earning this thing. I'm not qualifying for this thing. It's not because I deserve it, but because of Jesus, even Even though I'm under construction, I'm not condemned. I belong to him. I'm accepted in the journey. That's good news. But he doesn't stop there. The news gets better because he says, look at this. Because through Christ Jesus, here it is. The law of the spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. The law of the spirit of life. The law of the spirit of life. That's what I want to share with you today. That's why we have this incredible privilege of fresh fire. Verse 3. For what the law was powerless to do. And that it was weakened by the sinful nature. God did by sending his own son. In the likeness of sinful man. To be a sin offering. And so he condemns sin in sinful man. Listen. In order that the righteous requirements of the law. Might be fully met in us. Who do not live according to the sinful nature. But according to the spirit. Come on. Thank you Lord. For the spirit of life. The spirit of life. 
When you're born again, the spirit of life moves inside of us. And what we're doing and looking and seeing is that's the basis of the church. That's who we are. That's why we are. That's how we do what we do. I read from 2 Corinthians 9 in our offering little teaching. And it, and it talked about being hilarious givers. Now, let's be honest. Most people I know aren't hilarious givers. Tell the truth. Most people tend to be more grinchy than givey. How many know what I'm talking about? Don't look at me like that. But what happens when we meet Jesus? What happens when we accept Christ as our Savior? We didn't just sign a card, go through water baptism, join a church. The Spirit of God began to live in us. And He began to transform our nature. And where all we could do before was grab hold of everything we could and say, Mine, now there's something about us because the law of the spirit of life has set us free from the law of sin and death. And where all my life my hands look like this, my hands begin to look like this now. Why? Because something's happened to us. Everybody with me? It's not me just grinding my teeth and going through the ritual. It is an encounter that changed my life. Let's go to Acts chapter 1. I keep wanting to layer what we're learning and, and seeing its origin, where we started, the original pattern. And we are going, listen to what I'm about to say. We refuse to accept any other pattern for his church than the one his word established. Can somebody say amen to that? We refuse to follow, accept, rehearse any other pattern for his church than the one he gave us when he launched the church. Look again at Acts chapter 1 and verse 1. Luke, who the Holy Spirit chose to record this history of the church, the beginning says, in my former book, which one? The Gospel of Luke. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus, remember, began to do and teach. There is this continuation of his ministry, not as Savior, but in the Gospel, in the kingdom coming. Watch this. He said, I wrote all about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up into heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, after the cross and the resurrection, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. Watch this. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days. And what did he talk about? Look at this. And he spoke about what? Don't miss this. What did he speak about? Kingdom of God. See, this whole thing with the church, with this, there was a new order. There was a new uh, kingdom. It's not the kingdom of the law. It's not the kingdom of man. It's the kingdom of God. It is the spirit of life. And Jesus was telling them, guys, you got to get this. You have to understand that I'm going to hand the church off to you. You're going to become the new body of Christ. Everything you saw me do in this earthly body, I've just had my glory tabernacled inside this humanity. And it was in this one body. But when I go back to heaven, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is coming to earth through you, God. And collectively, you become my new body. You'll continue to do and to teach what I began to do and teach while I walked with you. 
pretty amazing. He said, that's called the kingdom, the kingdom of God. It's coming to work. It's coming to work through the church. He said, you need to understand that. Now watch this. So with that in mind, verse 4, one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you've heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So he said, there's a kingdom coming through you. The new body of Christ is my church. And what I began to do and teach while I was here for these three and a half years in my public ministry, you're going to carry it on. But if you're going to carry it on, it's not going to be in your human ability and your collective intelligence or wealth. Is everybody with me? It will come through the spirit of life or the power of the Holy Spirit. So he said, don't even get out there and try this thing without fresh fire. And don't think that one baptism is enough. It's daily fresh fire. Okay? Let's go to verse 8. He said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you'll be, whose witnesses? My witnesses. A lot of people read that. You'll be witnesses. No, he says again, church, I want you to see this today. You will be my witnesses. When the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon his church, you and I are the church, individually and collectively, we become witnesses of Jesus. Not just witnesses about Jesus. You understand that? For many, we think to be a witness means we talk about him. We tell who he was. That's right. That's part of it. But we also do and teach what he did and teach. We are his witnesses. My witnesses, he said. So we drop over to chapter 2 and verse 1. Let's look at this, Acts 2, 1. We want to make sure we keep seeing this pattern. So they're doing what he said. They're waiting and praying. He was with them 40 days and he ascended to heaven. Ten days later, boom, here we are. Birth of the church. Same church. There aren't a hundred churches. There's not every century a new church. Here's the church. Can somebody say amen to that? Verse 1, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Why? Because he told them to stay there and pray. Isn't it amazing what happens in the life of obedient people? I'm going to pause for a moment. Isn't it amazing what happens in the lives of obedient people? Why were they there? Because he told them to go there. Some people call you lucky. I just say you've been obedient. <laughs> There's a lot of blessed Christians and the people around you don't understand. Say, so you know what? She's always at the right place at the right time. No, she's obedient. <laughs> Are you with me? Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw it seemed to be tongues of fire. This is part of the kingdom. Watch this. Not only an empowered body of believers, watch this, they saw what seemed to be, uh, they saw it seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on, you have to get this as part of this kingdom, that came to rest on whom? On each of them. Verse 4, all of them. This kingdom order that Jesus taught and again said to his disciples, you've got to get this shifted the way things had been. Until this time, there were prophets, there were priests, and they were the only ones that God spoke to and through. They were the only ones that could access the presence of God. But he said, see, I've got a new body, and every single born-again person is a member of my body. And every single born-again Christian is as valid as every other born-again Christian. And the church is the kingdom order of each of them 
and all of them. How many heard what I just said? The church is not a Sunday morning spectator sport where you guys come and sit and watch me do my thing. Everybody with me? We're not just a listening body. We're an active body. This is kind of like, pardon my football analogy, but favorite sport, so bear with me. If you watch football, what do they do every 40 seconds? What do they do? They get in a huddle. Somebody calls the play. And each person on the team has an assignment on that play. And they go up to the line of scrimmage and they wait for the quarterback to say, whatever signal, go do it. Church is just a huddle. But you don't watch football for the huddle. I mean, when's the last time on ESPN you saw the highlights and everybody said, whoa, that's the greatest huddle I've ever seen in my life. He's an all-star huddle guy. I mean, that's the all-star huddle team. Did you see that? Oh, let's watch the huddle highlights tonight. Chris Berman, back in the day, some of you too young, to know what a real sportscaster was like. And he said, can you hear him say, they're rumbling, bumbling, stumbling to get into the huddle. Look at that huddle. But that's how we look at church. Man, did you see that church service? Ooh, did you see them get in that church service? Boy, we had church today, didn't we? Oh, we're dancing at a church. Ooh, some of you really get a little spirit. You know, we, we had church. We had church. You know what our problem is? We know how to have church. We don't know how to be the church. So is it important to come to church? Well, of course it's important to come to church. The Bible says come to church. Don't forsake the something of yourself together. And what we do is get in here and call the plays. <laughs> and then we go run them. See, it's not much fun till you go run the play. You don't become all pro standing in the huddle. You become all pro running the play. <laughs> you don't change the world coming sitting in this room. You change the world going out of this room, doing what God told us to do while we're in this room. Now, you need to come in the room so God can tell you what to do when you leave the room. See, we got these lone rangers. I don't need to go in the huddle. I don't have time for that today. Each of them, all of them. Did you get that? Each of them, all of them. Listen, I played football long enough. If those big old linemen don't block and you're running the ball, it's a bad play. I never looked at those big boys. They call them the hogs. You understand what I'm saying? I never looked at them and said, I don't need you to sit down this time. I'm like, buddy, thanks. That was good. <laughs> Can you knock some more of them down before they knock me down? Would you really? Go for it. That, have you ever noticed if you follow football, the quarterback buys the linemen the Rolex watches when he gets a new contract. They're the ones that get all the gifts. You know why? Because they're protecting him. Okay, let's go on. So they saw it seemed to be tons of fire that separated and came to rest on who? Okay, read. And, and verse 4 says what? All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now I've got to hurry. I'm taking too long on this. What happened there? Let me show you this new order. Each of them, all of them. We read a few more verses as as the Holy Spirit came upon them and they began to pray in, 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 in these unknown tongues. Then a crowd gathered and said, something miraculous is happening here. They're praying supernaturally. 
They're praying beyond their human ability. They're praying in words that the Holy Spirit has given them. They're praying about the wonders of God. And races, all races, all creeds, all languages were, were together that day to hear the altar call. So when the church was formed, listen to me, the church in its pristine pattern, in its original beauty and design was always a multi-racial, multi-ethnic gathering of people around Jesus. The next thing that happened is Peter stood up and answered the question, what's going on? And he quotes Joel chapter 2 and he said, in the last days, God said, I'll pour my spirit out on all people. Watch this. He said, your old men are going to dream dreams and your young men are going to see vision. So he said, I'm going to connect the generations right there. So the early church was a multiracial, multi-ethnic gathering of believers. Listen to me. And a multi-generational gathering of believers. Everybody with me? And then he said, and on your sons and daughters, they're going to prophesy. And it brought the genders together. There has never been anything created by man on this planet that breached the divide between races, generations, and, 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 and gender like the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, I have a new order. There is no prejudice. There is no, you know, big eyes, little U's. There is no separation and division. There is none of this big shots and everybody else watching. This is the body of Christ. Every member in particular has a function that impacts everybody else in that body. Is everybody with me right now? That's the church. That's how we started. That's how we continue. That's how we are empowered to be witnesses of Jesus. See, we carry on as witnesses of Jesus with his nature and with his actions. Are you with me? Do you know, go to Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. Let me give you a list of what we don't have until the Holy Spirit comes in us. Galatians 5, 22. We carry on what Jesus began to do and teach because we're now the new body of Christ, the church. Look at this. The fruit of the what? Spirit. This is the result of the Holy Spirit working in your life. This is fruit. This is fruit. How many understand you don't plant a seed today and get fruit tomorrow? How many heard what I just said? Be patient with each other. (laughs) There's some people that are still on the way. You with me? (laughs) Still on the way. How many know that one crop of fruit's not enough? If the roots stay down or connected to resources that are good, you'll keep bearing fruit. All right, you with me? So look at this. What's the fruit of the Spirit? Think about your marriage. Think about your family. Think about your relationships. Think about our witness to the world, right? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. How many love to be around people like that? Yeah. Okay, I'm not through. Let's go to verse 23. Gentleness and self-control. Against such there is no law. Do you understand we don't have that? Do you understand my fallen human nature doesn't have that? Let's go back to verse 22 again. Let's think about this. The fruit of the Spirit is love. What would godly love do to this nation right now? What would the love of God do across this region? Joy. Joy. What would lost, hurting people? I've never seen so many unhappy people in my life. 
like we have in this America right now. You talk about grouchy, angry, selfish, offended. Have mercy. I mean, you, you, I'm sorry. I was trained to honor women. The other day, over the door for a lady to go in, she looked at me like I'd slapped her. I'm like, sorry. I didn't say you don't have the capability of opening the door. I just thought I'd be nice. Sorry. Gee, everybody's so edgy. I've got to be careful. I said something about, you know, I have daughters and granddaughters and love and respect ladies. And, and I said something the other day. Well, anyway, I, I, somebody my daughter's age, I said it was a girl. And they got mad at that. We need a little joy come in the house. We need a little joy come settle in. I think the church could win the world if we just get the joy of the Lord in our life right now. Come on, you need some joy. I want to tell you, I've been looking. Uh, some of you, while I'm preaching, you need to get some joy. Some joy. Huh? Some peace. Come on, what would peace do? Forbearance. That means you hold your tongue. That means you think twice before you hit sin. Just be kind. Just be kind. Just be good. Just be faithful. Do you know, listen to me, you don't take classes to do that. You get fresh fire to do that. And the nature of God begins to change us. Are you listening to me? That's Jesus. That's what Jesus did. Every one of those, you could see him doing that. Let's look at the last two. One more. Let's look at the verse 23. And what else? Gentleness and self-control. Wow. So we, we, I want you to stay with me. We are like him in nature through the work of the Holy Spirit. How many are thankful that's inside of us? That that's working and moving. And so how do I achieve that? I stay connected. He's divine, right? We're the branches. If we abide in him and he abides in us, John 15 says, we'll bear much fruit. So I'm connected in nature. But watch this. Watch, 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 church. We're also carrying on his actions. Look at 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 10 with me. 1 Peter chapter 4 verses 10 and 11. I want you to see these things. So we, we continue with his nature. It's not our nature. It's the new nature living inside of us. So, and, and 1 Peter chapter 4, watch what happens. I want you to see this. It's important, these, these, uh, the way this connects. Verse 10. Each one, there you go. This is what the kingdom order is each and all. Each and all. Are you with me? Remember that. Verse 10. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others. Faithfully administering God's what? Grace in its various forms. That's powerful. Leave that up. When, when, when you were born again, when this church was launched on the day of Pentecost, there was the spirit of life invaded us, resurrected us, came to live with us. Racial differences became racial connections. Generational differences became generational connections. Gender differences became gender, gender connection. And our uniqueness was celebrated. The illustration is the body, fingers, toes, ears, eyes, nose, hair, face, arms, legs. What happened? Joints. We, we said, wait, wait, wait. We're different by design. 
I'm not supposed to look just like you. I'm not supposed to just do what you do. But I am to connect to you and love you and be kind to you and be gentle to you and cheer you on and be your best support. Why? Because we're the body of Christ. And together we are a testimony of who he is. Isn't it glorious? But we not only have his nature, he not only did that, but he gifted each one and every one. And this is what he says. Look at it again. Each one. Say each one. Tap somebody kindly and say, Pastor's talking to you right now. Do that other person. Tap them too. Okay. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to do what? Serve others. Watch this. Faithfully administering God's grace. Can anything be greater than the grace of God? Unmerited favor? Saved by grace? We didn't earn it. We don't deserve it. Jesus paid for it on the cross. Do you understand that's what separates Christianity from every other religious uh, entity on the planet? Grace. Not works. Grace. And he just said, listen, our gifts operating, serving, release the grace of God. Do you know how people will understand the grace of God? By the way we serve them. By the way my gift connects to your gift. And we begin to be this representation of Jesus. Faithfully administering the grace of God in its various forms. Look at verse 11. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, there it is again, he should do it with the strength God provides. So that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and forever. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 7. 1 Corinthians 12, 7. You got to get these verses. I want to make sure we see who we are. We know what's going on. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. When you get there, say amen. All right. Look at verse 7. What is this? This order, this spirit of life is what? It brings the kingdom to earth through the body of Christ. And, and what's the order? Each one, all of them. Each one, all of them. Here we're going to read it for the third time. Verse 7. Now to whom? To each one. How many are getting this? Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given. Why? For the... See that theme? Now what, so what are some of these gifts? These aren't all of them, but I want you to see these. These gifts are alive and operative through His people. Okay? Because we are to not only have the nature of Jesus, we are to do the acts that He did. Are you with me? So how do we do that? How do guys like you and me? We're not Jesus. We weren't birthed of a virgin. <laughs> we're like Paul fighting this human nature while the nature of God's in us too. So how do we exhibit the nature of Jesus? We read about in Galatians 5 through the work of the Holy Spirit. But he doesn't stop there that not only do we have his nature, we have the right, ability, privilege, task of doing what he did. Actions. How do we do that? How do born again human beings do the things Jesus did? Well, look, he says they're manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Verse 8. To one given through the Spirit is the message of the word of wisdom. I'm going to teach you about these in the next few weeks. 
To another, the message of the word of knowledge by means of the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healing. There it is. By that one spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. Well, you better have that today. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. Look at verse 11. All these are work of one and the same spirit, and he gives them to? That's that's the fourth time. As he determines. So do you see this incredible spirit of life living in us? I don't have your gift and you don't have mine, but together we have what he said we need. And as we begin to walk in this thing and, and understand, Jesus said, this church, this body of Christ is so dynamic and powerful. Don't try to do it without the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. And not just one time, but daily saying, Lord, baptize me in the Holy Spirit. Cover me in the Holy Spirit. You know, when, when we baptize people in water, I got to tell you, and, and we got one coming up soon, if you can go online and sign if you want to do that. Can I tell you, I have to be honest, some people are a little intimidated about getting baptized in water. Two, two reasons. Uh, maybe three. One, uh, some people just don't like getting their face into the water. But I said, just hold on, I've got you, or you're coming back up. Okay? But then some people got to tell you, they don't want everybody to look at them coming up out of the water. Because your hair, part of my language, ain't dead no more when you... <laughs> And I, every once in a while, I get a private request. Can we just uh, do this? I mean, you can bring people with you, but can we just do it in the bathtub at my house? I said, well, it's called your public confession of faith. But, Pastor, I'm going to get all wet. My mascara is going to look like the grapes of wrath. You know, it's going. my hair is going to be some of you men just as bad. I tried to baptize one guy. He had so much hair gel, it cut my hand. I didn't. It's wet. It's sloppy. We get water on the floor. We mop around. We try to help people don't fall down the steps. Don't worry. No one's ever fallen and no one's ever drowned. There have been some suspect people. I wasn't sure really saved. I held them down a little longer. Because here's what I know. People get serious with God real quick underwater. You understand what I'm saying? They're down there. I hold them a little longer. I can see them repenting. My God, Jesus, forgive me. If I ever get out of this, I'm going to love you and serve you. Okay, come on up. And so it's kind of the same way to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. Watch. Come on. You, you with me? It's got to be a hunger that says, I don't care what it takes. I don't care what it looks like. Do you know what with me? I don't care what I have to do. I, I, it's not, I don't want just, just touch me, Lord. No, Lord, just tsunami me, Lord, if you would. You understand? Wreck, wreck my life. Baptize me. Blow, blow me away. 
Tear my little stuff up. Anybody understand what I'm saying? Just wash away my little, my little me stuff. Wash away my little phobias and fears and prejudices and my, and my little worry what everybody's gonna say. Just baptize me. I don't care what I look like when I come out of this. I may lose some friends that weren't my friends. I may love you like I didn't love you. I may have to stop doing some stuff I'm doing. I may have to delete some contacts off my phone. I may have to stop going some places I've been going. I may need to stop saying what I've been saying. Come on. I may need to walk up, but I don't care. Baptize me. I don't care what it's like. If it gets wet and sloppy and messy and and, and, and I don't have my little thing like I've had, baptize me in the Holy Spirit. Because I don't have love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control inside of me, but you do. And I can't heal the sick and raise the dead and prophesy and speak, but you can. And if you need me, I volunteer. If you want me, I volunteer. I don't want to just say the church. I want to be the church. Anybody with me? See? We're administering God's grace. I'm going to hurry. We're administering God's grace. See, the Holy Spirit takes the grace of God. What grace makes available, the Holy Spirit releases in your life. Instead of us just saying, I'm saved by the grace of God. Hallelujah. Now, we're living by that grace made real through the Holy Spirit. See, grace qualifies us. The Holy Spirit connects us with everything God wants to do. See, when, you're, when, when you have Holy Spirit-empowered grace, your life will change. How many heard what I just said? When you have Holy Spirit-empowered grace, your life changes. What do you mean, Pastor? Well, we're, we're transformed, listen, by the Holy Spirit's power because we love Jesus. Because we are thankful to the Lord. Because there is a loyalty in my life. See, listen, I'm gonna, somebody's got to say it. There's a lot being said about grace these days. Nobody thanks God for grace more than me. But I'm going to tell you, when you try to teach and live grace without the power of the Holy Spirit, grace just becomes your covering for the compromise in your life. Because you're not changing, you start compromising. Well, the Lord understands. Yeah, that's why he died on the cross, partner. Well, the Lord just knows my weakness. That's why he filled you with the Holy Spirit. Well, God knows I'm trying. No, you're not trying. You're lying. Here's what I'm trying to say to you is that when the Holy Spirit empowers you, the grace of God transforms you. See, I'm transformed not out of rules, not out of regulations, not out of trying harder, but because my exposure to the fresh fire of the Holy Spirit in my life, grace is changing me. See, when, 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 when I go, it's because we love the Lord. It's because we're loyal to Him. It's because we honor Him. I don't need somebody running around behind me making sure I'm doing right. I love the Lord. I'm loyal to the Lord. I'm grateful to my God. Listen, when I, when I go out of the country and I'm on the other side of the earth, I, I love my wife as much in China as I do in, in, in Decatur. I don't need somebody running around saying, you better be loyal to your wife. I love that woman every day of my life. I love her when I get up. I love her when I go to sleep. I'm loyal if I see her today or it takes me a month. I'm loyal to her because I love her. I'm not held by chains or laws or marriage license. I'm connected with a relationship. 
When you fall in love with Jesus, when the grace of God comes in your life and you're changed and transformed and you really respect his grace because he paid a high price for it and the Holy Spirit works in you, you don't, I don't need a covering for my compromise. I don't need an excuse for the sins I won't deal with. I am motivated to be loyal to the one who loves me the most. Anybody get that? So, here's the thing, church family. I want our worship team to come. Man, I can't get through a message. You guys listen too well. Here's what God wants to do. Worship team, join me. Listen closely. I've shared this with you before. This is another picture of the body of Christ. This is what God's wanting to do, I believe, in our nation, in this church. I want you to get this. Pardon my layman's explanation of this, but you'll get this. You know that in, in our culture today, in our, not just culture, in the world we live in, that the holy grail for a terrorist is the atomic bomb. If a terrorist could get their hands on an atomic bomb and have mass destruction, that, that would be the epitome for them. And so governments around the world, with very few things they cooperate on, we might not know all that goes behind the scenes, but one of the things Russia, China, U.S., everybody's working on is where are the atomic bombs? Where's the capacity to develop an atomic bomb? Here's the deal. Listen closely. The technology to split the atom is held everywhere. Many people. That's not the hard part anymore. The rare hard part is enriched material. When the atom is split, the uranium plutonium has to be there because splitting of an atom releases energy but without the enriched material present and see that's that's what they're tracking really is the uranium and plutonium when you split an atom in the presence of this enriched material then a chain reaction starts it allows the splitting of that atom to split Thousands more, just that chain reaction, there's the atomic bomb. The thing they can't find and get their hands on is the enriched material. And you know what God is doing in the earth today? Do you know what the Holy Spirit is saying to us at Calvary today? Are you with me? God has the fire. <laughs> the fresh fire is present. What the church needs is to have enough enriched material present. So that when fire falls, boom, the chain reaction of revival begins to flow across homes and families and schools and neighborhoods and cities. See, it's the enriched material. It's you and me saying, God, I don't want to just go to church. I don't want to just go through the motions. I don't want to just hang out with a lot of half-hearted Christians who are excusing my compromise and lukewarm lifestyle. I want to be a believer that loves Jesus, that knows who I am, and I'm giving and serving, and my gift is operating. We're administering the grace of God. Lives are being changed. If God can get enough enriched material in one place, enough people who said, I'm hungry. God, here's my life. 
Thank you for what you've done. See, this isn't about earning and striving and qualifying. It's about surrender and hunger. They weren't baptized in the upper room that day. Stand with me. Don't leave. Just stand. They weren't baptized on the day of Pentecost because they had earned it. They were baptized because they desperately needed it. He looked at his plan for them and says, this is too big for you guys. But I've got what you need. Calvary, you're with me today? Would you say to him today, God, I don't care if it messes up my hairdo. I don't care what anybody says. Baptize me. Overwhelm me. Clothe me. Wash me. Transform me. Blow me away. Are you willing just to let go and surrender and say, Jesus, I want to be some of the enriched material. I want to be ready when, when awakening comes on this nation. When revival falls on America, I don't want to have to get caught up. I want to be ready. I want to be one of those of that, of that enriched material that just suddenly chain reactions the power of God. We've got some prodigal sons and daughters that aren't coming in unless there's a Holy Ghost move. We've got some schools that aren't going to be saved without some Holy Ghost moves. I want you to listen to me. I, I don't, 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 don't dare bring politics into this conversation when I'm talking about the kingdom of God. But the things our children are being inundated with now, the, the ridiculous theories, concepts, bold lies and perversion I want to tell you something your children need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit their mom and dad need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit our generation needs to see Jesus Jesus his church his body empowered it will bring peace to your mind it will bring fulfillment to your longing anybody with me today i'm not trying to get you to do something that you're going to hate for the rest of your life i'm trying to introduce you to everything you've ever thought you needed wanted desired craved dreamed about it's all in him are we willing to say i trust you let go of my stuff i let go of my stuff and I put me in your hands, Jesus. See, there's that one second right before I baptize that person where I say, all right, on your confession of faith, I'm going to baptize you now. And I said, put your hand on me. <laughs> put your hand up here. I'm going to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And there's that moment. they got to trust me. They've got to trust me. they just got to let go. We're going to go down. But listen, if you go down, we're going to come up. And you're going to come up different than when you went down. See, right now, I believe the hand of God is on you. And he's saying, will you trust me? Will you trust me? You're going to have to let go. I'm going to put you under, but I'm going to bring you up. You're not going to come up the same way you went down. Anybody hear me today? Anybody want to get baptized? I want to get baptized. I don't want to sprinkle. I want to baptize. I don't want a little shower. I need to get wrecked, messed up, washed. You got it. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can connect with us live each Wednesday and Sunday through our social media pages. If today's message has blessed you, please rate and review us so that more people can hear this message of Christ. Find out more about Calvary on our website at calvaryassembly.org.